This week, on a very special Lords of Grantham podcast, we break down the entirety of The Crown, Season 1 and 2. How are things going with Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip? How are the Prime Ministers doing? And how do our power rankings shake out? Who's on top and who's really not doing a great job? Find out this week on the podcast. And we're here. We're we're back to to talk about this whole run of the crown. This this let's break it all down. This whole gang. This this twenty episodes. I think we didn't do it at the end of the first season because I think we were a little down. Yeah, and we didn't. I mean, I don't know if there was enough for us to really review <laughs> in terms of like characters and stuff because there's only essentially like two or three people (laughs) yeah not to say that Uh, it it gets exponentially larger in season two but i think it's more options this is the time to uh break it down kind of blew my mind that we watched the crown in january of this year the the first season when we started little do we know what turns this year would take (laughs) and it's crazy to think that we watched the crown and we were so um fed up with it at the end of season one and how it, it didn't really fit our tone mm-hmm. that we watched an entire other show and then spent an entire month watching Downton Abbey. And then here we are at the end of season two of the crown. It's 26 weeks or it's, so, or more than that. It's crazy. It's in, yeah. I mean, I mean, you think about it, you do the math, it's 20 episodes. That's 20 weeks of this year. Jesus. And then the six episodes of the English game, that's, that's half the year. Uh-huh. And then you, you toss in a month of down that's about 30 weeks of the year. And then I think the beginning of the year we did, um, we started the year with, with the Downton Season 2 Christmas special, and we did a one about MAGFest and picking the crown. And then you add two, to, uh, plus two, which makes 75. And that means we're stronger than ever yeah, this year, right? 66 and two-thirds chance of winning. Look, yeah, for all our podcast us. competition, your, your chances of winning drastically go down. <laughs> and for people who know what we're talking about, kudos to you. If you don't, just ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> if you know what that means, <laughs> holler, holler if you hear me. That's that's what we'll, yeah. we'll say. Exactly. Um, Dave, is there any updates or anything we want to touch on before getting into whatever we're doing here today? Uh, not not to my knowledge. Am I, I don't know if I'm missing anything. I don't think I'm missing anything. Not a single thing. There has not not been a single shred of news on the crown or down in the past week. Okay, nor uh, nor nothing nothing about <laughs> Fergus Suter came out. He didn't get outed as some. What if there was some hot piece of English game news? Yeah, I know, and, and we missed it. <laughs> uh, man, uh, I mean, the only thing I, that was a revelation to me was it was announced that Madonna is is directing a movie on herself, which has nothing to do with anything except for the fact that she has directed twice before, and one of those two movies wasn't about about the affair of uh the duke of windsor dickie uh with a woman and it's like wait wait what is this movie that madonna directed about the duke of windsor what (laughs) it's supposed to be terrible but uh just want to put that on your radar dave if there's a a rainy day and something we need to cover that's out there okay i'm uh where where i'm I'm sorry (laughs) i I was looking at my mixer i think i might there might be some feedback for the first couple minutes of the podcast but that's that's fine we're on a schedule right now (laughs) 
That's on you. It is, but I think we'll be fine. And I can always redub <laughs> Just it. Just mute yourself. Yeah, I talked a lot. Um, so, Dave, what are we doing today with the crown? Um, what are we talking well, about here? Well, it's quite simple. Uh we're just going to talk about the first two seasons, and as we did with Downton at the end of every season, we're going to break down the power rankings to see how things shook up. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, I don't know if we want to just jump right into that and keep this a short and sweet episode, or if we want to kind of just ruminate on The Crown Season 2, or Season 2 and Season 1. Yeah, let's just ruminate on The Crown. I'm, you know, I, th- I think we said it last week, we're just sad to see the cast go and, and then transform into their older selves of Olivia Coleman. I don't know who plays Phil, some guy. And um, <laughs> we should, I should know this considering that we, we, this podcast is dedicated to covering these kinds of things. I don't know. Aside from Helena Bonham Carter, like I wouldn't know who Olivia Coleman is by name. If you didn't say it the number of times I mean, she's in the lead up, she's an Oscar winning actress. I don't, Hey, there's a lot of Oscar winning individuals who I don't know by name. Sure. Um, but Tobia, Tobias Menzies plays Phil. Actually. Interesting. Don't know who that is either. <laughs> yeah, absolutely have no idea who that guy is. Uh, he looks like a Phil type, though. I don't see how he transforms into uh, Price uh, because he looks like he's in shape. Matt Smith is in shape. Price is a man not known to be in shape. So um, his first name is escaping me. That's why I keep saying Price. Jonathan, Jonathan Price. Price. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, I know him. Don't see it. I don't see how that becomes Phil, but sure. Okay. Well, he's a, he's a very me. old man. So <laughs> That's all it takes. That's the qualifier to look like Phil. Just be old and British and annoying. Sure. Or annoyed. Yeah. But I think just as we got into a good comfortable pocket with these uh, cast members, we're jilted, you know, all of a sudden. And I, I don't know. We'll see how that, that plays out in terms of uh, casting. Is it a stunt? Is it necessary? Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, well, I think the one of the first things that we should say is that what a turnaround in our mood regarding this show as it went into season two. Because I think that we were kind of dreading this season two. Yeah, I mean, it's a thing where you also... I wonder, you know, when, when did we, those episodes come out? They were like the beginning of this year. It was not a good time for us, you know? <laughs> so to be watching a, a, a show like The Crown, which is... Not the most upbeat venture. You know, we're legit watching it. We ra- wrapped up season one as COVID was at the height of its powers in North oh, America. <laughs> what are you expecting from us listeners in terms of being positive about the crowd? Okay, we're just trying to stay positive ourselves. And I think season one is heavy. Season one is heavy with the royalty, heavy with the importance of royalty. And to to speak on what you just said regarding COVID... The world had mm. kind of failing politicians to the point where Boris Johnson was had the disease, and Prince Charles had the disease, right? And Prince Philip. Yeah. Yep. So that's true. That's so accurate. This show goes. We go from Downton Abbey to this panel at Magfest, which was like pure absurdity. So all of the the Downton Abbey seriousness stripped from us, and just us being fools. Our, our year peaked really early. <laughs> and it goes from that to The Crown, which is this very serious, oftentimes not, um, there's no not much joy to be had in many of the season one episodes, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And there's there, no. there's not much to poke fun at the way that we poked fun at Downton, in, inherently in the tone of the show. But I feel like season two, kind of, you're comfortable with the characters, you're yeah. in on it, and I feel like in general... 
she's already the queen, Elizabeth, and it's just sort mm-hmm. of everything's cooking so just let it cook kind of thing let it marinate yeah i mean they really pack it for a wallop in the the first episode where you got king george coughing up a lung quite literally and just bracing it for his impending death and it's like well thanks all right we'll, we'll get into that yeah and not so long after that the uh queen mary the elizabeth's grandmother passes away so it is heavy with the deaths early Mm-hmm. Granted, I think the Porchy episode is good in season one. Yeah, but, but season one also has the I, smog episode. There's some there's some duds in season one. Let's be real, there's some duds. Yeah, uh, I kind of like the smog though. As bad as the episode was, as down as we were, I kind of like that they just went for it. Like, you know, we're just gonna make stuff up. <laughs> we're gonna make up an entire character and just have her die. Just have her get <laughs> by a bus. You know, just. And especially with how prescient it is with all the smog everywhere right now, you know, it's just like, it's kind of funny that, man, that happened 60, 70 years ago. And what did we learn from that? Absolutely nothing here yeah. in America. So it all comes back around. Yeah, well, I mean, it is, a, I think if we've learned anything in America during this virus, it's that people don't really want to listen. <laughs> Time is a circle, brother. That's true. That's true. So do we have any, is there any like thoughts, any, any summaries of, of, of this show that we can have before we get into the power rankings. Anything that you're thinking, loose thoughts, uh, stray thoughts, rather? You know, season one is all her coming into power. Season two, she flexes it, but still feels like she's still settling into the role. So I, I'd hope to see in season three that, you know, she's just the queen instead of kind of being this, this static figure in, in a lot of ways. Uh, I'm just trying to think of like, because professionally, that that's kind of where it is. It's just kind of her moving into the role. Personally, you see the fractured marriage, and then you see the marriage trying to rejoin itself. And I feel like we kind of get there by the end of season two, or at least we're at mm-hmm. peace with where they're at with their marriage. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of arcs for the show, it's it's really it's just. I mean, it's almost like a whole two season arc of just Phil and Elizabeth learning to coexist. Yeah, I think I think you know? the sub arcs can be designated by. The three prime ministers. So sure. it's obviously we Church. have Churchill in the whole first season sort of being that guiding hand with Elizabeth. And then Eden kind of jumps in at the end and a little bit into the beginning of season two, which is sort of setting the tone with the Thursday club. And then mm-hmm. when he says goodbye and McMillan jumps in, that's sort of season two hitting its stride. Yeah. And how would you... Okay, so it, let, this is something I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. How would you rank... And overall coolness, the Lord's Grantham-O-Meter of all three prime ministers that we get so far. I mean, prime. I mean, Anthony Eden's number one. <laughs> Easily. Are you kidding me? He's definitely the he's guy, a Lord's Grantham character, basically. Yeah, he heals off on Churchill while he's in office saying how bad of a job he do, he's doing. Uh, gets hooked on meds, becomes prime minister, keeps abusing the meds, starts a, a war uh, for the, essentially, or a battle, you know, to try to take the, the a coup, uh, to take the Suez Canal, then takes a vacation in Panama and says, I can't do Did this job, make- and then disappears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so kudos for him for getting all he wanted and, and getting out while the game was good. Um, Churchill, easy number two. You know, he's just a, a good, positive force, you know. And then uh, McMillan, you're just a weak wussy. McMillan is entertaining. I would say, I mean, I think that I agree with mm-hmm. that ranking. Get, a lot. 
part of me thinks Churchill with with the star power of Churchill and the fact that he actually has a whole season to exist. Yeah. He has the whole he had two how many episodes are about him? Two or three? Church? The smog is basically a Churchill episode. Yeah. The one with the painting is basically a Churchill episode. Mm-hmm. And is there a third? Or is there um his health? I mean, it it feels like the queen is more support yeah. with Churchill right. there whereas but he is very much like the second lead of the show. It seems like I mean, Phil would almost I'd say be third to to Churchill in those and maybe episodes at least where he is. There, maybe that's you know? why season two succeeds because Phil steps up. Hmm. Yeah. But um, you know, it's funny because you know what you're saying. They're kind of touching on something that kind of always bothers me about the show. Is it always feels like it's teeing up more than it actually is. You know, with Churchill, it's like, oh, man, he's going to be this force and stuff. And he, he does things. But then it's just like, well, he's got to retire now. He's got, got to move on. And, I mean, he d- does have an effect on, on Elizabeth and stuff like that. But I just felt like, in terms of a series, I, I was expecting almost a f- you know, the full season or at least to carry on the season two or something. It just feels like it's over before it even leads to anything, mm-hmm. which I feel like happens a few times. Like, they set up Gamal Nasser is going to be this huge problem. And... He kind of is, but then they kind of just address it off screen, and it's it's wrapped up. <laughs> well, I guess the problem with uh, that is you can only you can only <laughs> be revisionist in so many ways. But it's like other things, like you know the the capper on the Margaret episode where she meets Tony Armstrong and that whole romance. The end of the episode is her photograph and everyone seeing it and reacting, and it's just like. I get how that's a statement on who she is and where she's at, but the way they tee it up with everyone looking at that photo and reacting, it doesn't lead to anything, really. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't it, resolve it, anything. We don't even get like an immediate follow-up. I think Philip has a throwaway line where he's like, oh, what's your sister up to now? And it's like, that's it? Yeah, and, and almost I almost wonder how it plays as a Netflix show where like, you know, Netflix is known for having cliffhangers at the end of their episode, and when you have something like that, it feels like a cliffhanger, but... Yeah, not satisfying, not. <laughs> not paid off immediately in the next episode. Right. No, I mean, I'm not saying that necessarily should be just a lot of red herrings in terms of like storylines that will carry on versus ones that, oh, Anthony Eden's drug problem. Oh, it actually is a thing that's going to carry on and become a bigger problem. I, I wouldn't have guessed that to be the thing that becomes a bigger problem for him. <laughs> yeah, but the fact that uh, Margaret has a child off screen. I mean, the fact that Elizabeth has children at all. <laughs> <laughs> in that, again, red just, herring, because we had the scene, I believe it's in, it's, is it in season one or season two where... Elizabeth talks to her mom and her mom is she's like basically tells her the queen mother that you've been the deadbeat mom to me and then mm-hmm. the queen mother's like you're a deadbeat mom and, and they do a good job of sketching the queen mom in, in that episode like I think episode 8 of season 1 we don't get that much time with her in season 2 and it's I felt a little disappointed in that like, I really like the episode where she goes to look at a house to go purchase yeah, the castle. stuff yeah and it's just like okay she's an interesting character I mean, maybe they feel like they don't need to spend more time with her, but when you give her that amount of time, it's like, well, why did we even spend time with her if we weren't going to do anything else with her aside from just sit in the background for 90% and, of the and time? And her, her sort of character resolution is the fact that we never come to terms with the fact that she lost a lot more than a husband when King George died. Mm-hmm. So basically her yeah. whole thing is, you took all this responsibility away from me, you took all this power away from me, and you never asked me how I was doing. But then yeah. after that moment, nobody ever asks her how she's doing. Right. <laughs> that's a little 
it's a little off. And, and, and Dave, do you think whoever plays uh, Queen Mama in, in The Crown season three is she younger than Olivia Coleman? Do you think they? Do you think they just <laughs> keep making the Benjamin her look Button younger? the Queen Mother? She's a baby in season six. Yeah, just, just why not? <laughs> so, uh, what else is there to talk about? Do we have uh, some some favorite? Do, do we do we want to just get into the power rankings and, and reflect on how oh, they, uh, they move the characters? What, what are what are some of your favorite episodes? Uh, or would you call out as if you had to tell someone like watch a show and you don't want to watch everything? What would be the episode you direct them towards? The one where Philip is on the boat. <laughs> He's on a boat. <laughs> Well, that's that. Going that to me, I mean, I feel like that is the Lord, very much in the Lords of Grantham vein, where it's like it's kind of like a boys' club causing trouble, where the women are the more responsible ones. I mean, all our favorite Downton characters are like nefarious boys, like Richard Carlyle mm-hmm. and Charles Blake and you know Thomas and and Bates. They're all kind of these. We're we're we bro down at the Lords of Grantham. Yeah. I mean, kudos to, to the showrunners for getting as much sunlight into the show as possible between their visits to Africa and the Commonwealth and, and being on the ocean. It, it's a brighter show than you'd expect. No, that's a that's a good choice. Uh, you know, if I had to choose one for someone to watch, I think it, it's really stuck with me the, the Margaret and Tony Armstrong uh, episode, like where they first meet and fall for each other. Like it's a good bottle episode in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. uh, but really kind of shows how they're putting their spin on history and, and, and trying to pull you into it, making it feel alive. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I don't, I don't disagree. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. What about the worst episode? <laughs> why, why is all that else in that harder choice? <laughs> um, I feel like uh, the, the one with the, Pure attacks the queen has got to be bottom for me. Yeah, in, in terms of like, why are we covering this? Who cares? Why are we spending a whole episode on this? Yeah, the, yeah, the that, smog that, isn't great, but it's not as bad as that. And, and the guy who's supposed to be the the voice of reason and everything cannot be more annoying. <laughs> which he abandoned like multiple same- dentist appointments to go just be a, a, an elitist. Yeah, and like I get that's the point. He's supposed to be annoying to the queen and stuff, but it's like I don't need to spend any more time with that guy than we already have. <laughs> yeah, and I, I I would uh, maybe think the one actually, you know what might be up top is Billy Graham. That's really? a good. I thought that was a good. I thought Billy Graham was a good in. Oh yeah, a good episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's not. Yeah, yeah. And, and in terms of bad, I mean the smog one just for the fact that it makes up ninety percent of the episode. <laughs> it's just one of those things where like I know you Netflix give you a budget for ten episodes. Did you have to do it? Did you? Um, it's hard to say really why season two is so much better than season one. I think it's just a matter of us maybe being in a better place to watch it too. Perhaps that's a, that could be a thing. I think the. And it, I think generally speaking, any ensemble show, which is an unfortunate thing to say as we change the cast, hits its stride mm-hmm. once the ensemble is established. And I think it's also there's just a better supporting cast of characters you know showing up so billy graham showing up for an mike. episode tony armstrong showing up mike or um and then you know even yeah uh, jfk and stuff like there's a lot more character showing up than just these dour individuals yeah and, <laughs> and i think episode. you you move people like tommy lasalle to the sideline so when you mm-hmm. tag him back in it means something yeah yep 
And then, oh, one downbeat for the show also. <laughs> it sounds like we're, we're ranting on it a lot, but like uh, that one episode in season one, and maybe the one with her mom where she they paint Queen Elizabeth to be kind of uh, just not educated. <laughs> just with like the crow? With her the guy taking with remedial. The crow? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or her taking remedial yes, school. That it's like you're, you're asking us to buy into a lot here that she's that just, you know, in need of help. Yeah, like weirdly naive. And the tutor that doesn't exist, again, giving her important lessons that shaped her entire reign as being queen. Yes, yep. that, that too. <laughs> um, yeah, any any MVPs for actors, Dave? For actors, I think I think we've got to say uh, both of the leads, Queen Queen Elizabeth, Claire Foy, and um, Matt, Matt Smith. Is that his name? Or is that the wrong doctor? Yeah. yeah, Matt Smith. I mean, yeah, they knocked it out of the park, and and so did Vanessa Kirby. Like all three, those three, couldn't have gotten better with their casting there. Yeah, I mean, the Queen Mother could be about ten years older. Yeah, I, I just checked the age on um, the Queen Mother in season three, and she's approximately about twenty years older than uh, Olivia Coleman. Yeah, so it's bigger than the seven-year gap or so I think that we have currently, <laughs> or that we had currently. As far as actors that I would recast, I I don't know if this is a hot take, but I think I would try to recast Winston Churchill to be a British guy. What do you mean? Oh, not be Lithgow? Yeah, and it's not a, not it necessarily is. a knock on Lithgow, but it is though because he's not British. Well, you know, it's like Harry Potter when when Vern Troyer is the only American guy in this whole franchise. It's kind of like. Some, some well, purity. I mean, they fixed that. He was only in the in the Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah. Well, he dis- he's disappeared. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I do. I do wish it was not Gary Oldman, but so someone else. <laughs> yeah. And then again, it get, get, get us Brian Cox. Could have been Brian Cox. Sure. <laughs> he's done Churchill. He can do it. Um. Yeah, Churchill. But I mean, I think he did well. As he Churchill, definitely did though, well. He was if if. If we hadn't grown up with Third Rock as the Sun, <laughs> as a TV show, that's true. I think that's it would, true. or Harry and the Hendersons. If we weren't aware of those two cultural touchstones, I, and, I mean, it's like the um, how long did it take Brian Cranston to shake Malcolm in the Middle? Not not that long, considering how good Breaking Bad yeah, but was. All things considered, it took like two seasons for you to stop saying that's the yeah. guy from Malcolm in the Middle, or the right. dentist from Seinfeld. Jeez. Whereas John Lithgow only had one season to do this. Yeah, that's true. And then Jared Hess hardly knew ye as King, of King George. I feel like missed opportunities to keep bringing him back. He's such a good actor. Yeah, and I thought um, his brother was good, very good actor. A lot of oh, yeah, Dookie. I mean, Dicky. Yeah, Dookie. The Duke of Windsor, Dicky. It's all one and the same. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he was great at making you, you know, actually bring some pathos to that role, and then you realize, oh, this guy's trash. <laughs> yeah. Best swerve of the series, great swerve. Swerve? Oh, for him, I th- just of the series. Yeah. I mean, it may be real life too, but great swerve. Yeah. Well, you know, I think I think we've done enough chit chat. I think it's time to get into these power rankings. Well, Dave, rank the seasons. Two one. <laughs> okay, there we go. It's two one. Two one. Okay, so for those that are new to this, since we haven't done this with the crown yet. Since we mm-hmm. both do the power rankings, we assign point values to every high, uh, every up and down ranking. So, if you rank number one for the week, that's three points up. Number two for the week, two mm-hmm. points up. Number three for the week, one point up. 
And on the downward, it's negative. So if you have the worst week, negative three, negative two, negative one. So I ranked these top five since we don't have enough, or rather, this is two seasons. We're leaving a lot of these people in the past. So let's give, give more attention. So wait, there's no chance that Tongan Man makes it onto these lists? I don't think Tongan Man does. But I will say... Um, <laughs> Come on. <laughs> how many people do you think, between the two of us, we have in the power rankings for The Crown? Uh, 20 episodes, six possible names per episode, so six times two. That'd be almost 120. Take a few off. I'd say... At least 70 names. Very close. We have 65 names on our power rankings. Wow. All between right. the two of us and the two seasons. So, mm-hmm. and um, on top of tabulating those numbers, I add mine together and add all of Corey's in. So this is both of our collective. All right. So ranking number five going down. So this is the fifth fifth worst performance in the crown <laughs> and, and just to clarify in terms of rankings it's not any science it's just they had a bad week or a bad day and it, we had to just rank it that yeah. way so number five the worst showing in the entire two seasons with negative four points so the, you know it's kind of a, a small spread on the negative side it's not like Downton mm-hmm. Abbey where there's a lot uh, Jackie Kennedy <laughs> <laughs> wait so not JFK but Jackie Jack, Kennedy negative four points I mean that seems a little harsh, uh, all things considered. Um, but, I mean, they show her being put in her place by JFK in the, their revisionist history. So uh, it's a shame to see her there. But, I mean, I get it based on how they portray her. Yeah. Um, indeed. So. Well, I hope she, she beat her drug addiction that they showed her having. And uh, I hope she uh, led a, a safe life uh, following JFK, the, the abusive husband according to the crown yeah so enough of that up to number four with negative five points this is a three-way tie between Mm -hmm. um uh, sutherland the artist who painted churchill only for you know that whole episode where he he thinks (laughs) he's he's, you know getting through to churchill but churchill burns the painting discreetly so that dude uh Mm -hmm. prince charles yeah, I mean he has a he's he's not doing well in school. What, what can you and say? Uh, Philip's sister. <laughs> oh, the one who passes away in that episode too. Yes, yeah, so we got like two episodes showing up at negative and negative fourth place overall. Uh, and and what was the negative point score for negative that? Negative five. So negative five at down four. Okay. Okay. So yeah, the, not, <laughs> not, you know the, again uh, like Downton Abbey. I feel like these rankings really started to mean something at season four, five, six. Now we're this we're yeah. only two seasons in. Okay, so in third place, the third worth season, this is a one, two, three, four way tie. Jeez. Between John F. Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we ranked him down for his week? <laughs> got shot in the head. <laughs> well, I mean that came after the fact. He had a he he got one over. No no uh, he, 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 he dies at the end of he the got, episode. He manipul- no. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. He did manipulate Jackie to do what he wanted. <laughs> that sinister son of a gun. All right, so JFK, um, King George. I mean... He has a pretty he, he, rough he, couple episodes that he's in. And just goes down deep. I'm surprised he doesn't have more negative. Wow. Um, Mike. 
not really comparable to the other two, but sure. And uh, <laughs> he got shot through the heart. And uh, Uncle and, Dave, the Duke of Windsor. Wow, that's that's a broad spectrum there. So, so two are dead. One's a Nazi, and one's a, a a cheater and a playboy. Yeah, one's sort of like a a BFF who is it, it, yeah a secret is, keeping is BFF. Mike really. Yeah, is my Mike's secrets on the level of Dickie's secrets? No, the answer is absolutely not. <laughs> so how do they wind up together in the same level going down? I guess the Duke got more while the getting was good, while Mike didn't. Yeah, and I, I feel like Mike is is kind of present a little more, and his I don't know, and Mike's wife does a lot of damage. Yeah, absolutely. So that's you know. Nice. Thanks for showing up, everybody. So in number two, yeah. this is negative seven, and this is kind of a tie because mm-hmm. between all of our power rankings, there are multiple general uh, glumpings of groups of people that are viewed as negative. So we have okay. um, the offended people that, like, Margaret offends we with her, you know, attitude Mm -hmm. we have people that oppose churchill and then there's a lot of just sort of like negative people that are lumped together so i i refer to them as collective haters negative seven and uh queen mary elizabeth's grandmother wait so 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 the collective haters is you took point counts from a bunch of people well no people that were grouped together in the power rankings so if ever we said, you know, um, smog victims, yeah, that goes into not not smog victims. They don't go into the haters, but um, offended people goes into the haters. Uh, where where we have there's a I can't I can't follow that math, man. Let's just say Queen Elizabeth's mother, grandma is well, number and, two. And haters, the general haters sure, throughout get, the crown. That's why I lumped them together. They all have a common theme. Sure, They're hating on our okay. people. But all all things square. Queen Elizabeth's grandma, she dies again, <laughs> and, and there's she's, no she's guarantee a, that you're going to shoot up the rankings on the bottom. She has like a dementor moment. <laughs> it's, I can't shake it. It's <laughs> what is the show trying to accomplish there? Where again, going back to the cliffhangers, um, was it they're at King George's funeral, and then Elizabeth just sees the grandma with the black veil over her face for pretending something horrible or dark coming up, and then it's just. Oh, that's just grandma. Yeah, and then that's it. She's just an, an, an annoying uh, woman. And why did they have to present her like that as like some demented darkness yeah, that wouldn't like even last that moment, long? And then she's dead a couple episodes later. Yeah, I mean the the biggest flex she gets is not letting Dickie attend the the coronation, <laughs> um, and making sure he he got kept out. You wonder if she knew about him being a Nazi too. You'd think she would say something. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Well, she's Dementor. I don't know. Number one, negative eleven. Do you have any guesses? Uh huh. Phil. McMillan. Wow. <laughs> wow. I thought Phil had enough knocks against him. Wow. <laughs> McMillan. I mean, we didn't really. I mean, it aligns with what we were saying earlier about the prime ministers. Like, he's just bad at his job. He's bad at being a husband, and he's weak-willed, and he can't keep his pants on to save his yeah, life. Yeah, and he. Get- those satirists are really get the worst of them. Yeah, don't let the satirists get you, okay? 
the rhythm will get you, but not don't let the satirists no, get you. No, okay? not that. So <laughs> it's funny. As, as soon as I saw McMillan coming in to be prime minister, I was like, I'm not into this guy. I'm not feeling he, him. Yeah, he seemed like a background actor that got thrust into a leading role. It's like, can you handle this, dude? Yeah, I felt that way sometimes. It's just like, it, it seemed like sometimes like with Martins, oh, we're going to do more with him because we got that actor from Down Abbey. Then it turns out, no, we're actually not going to do that much more with him. Or like they got Charles Dance to be uh, Phil's father. Barely used Charles Dance to be Phil's father. <laughs> it's like okay, but but then you got this guy's McMillan who I don't even know, and then he's just they could have got Mister Feeney from Boy Meets World, and I wouldn't have known the difference between him and the guy <laughs> playing McMillan. <laughs> like Emperor Palpatine would have come in, and the, he sure, would have Ian McDermott would have done a great job as McMillan. I'm I'm sticking with Mister Feeney. Okay, well, <laughs> let's go to the positives. Mm-hmm. In fifth place, there's a three-way tie with positive five points between Tony Armstrong Jones, Anthony Eden, and Tommy LaSalle. That's a strong three right there. It must be all your positive votes that you know catapulted Tommy LaSalle to the top end because I did not give him that much positive love. Yeah, let me see. I can refer to my power rankings. You had him at negative two, and I had him at positive seven. So he, that's how he wanted that to negative five. That is insane. Well, all right. Well, I mean, sure. You can have the, all the say you want in these rankings, man. Well, hey, <laughs> it, you know, both of our opinions matter. Anthony Eden, man, that dude. Look, the guy had a run, really. I mean, you, you look at it. He slung shot into a role. He, he may have not been fit for, and he just he did what he had to do. Yeah, and t- Tony. Even if he Tony me. has just one or two good episodes. Yeah, Tony Armstrong. He's just a strong man. He's Matthew Good. I think that's the biggest thing going for him. I mean, I I had him at like I think five points when you combine the actor Matthew Good with Tony Armstrong because I think that's I, I did how not I, factor the points for Matthew Good the actor as, in with Tony. What do you mean? You're gonna lump together all the haters and everything to number two and not lump in my votes for Matthew Good the actor alongside Tony Armstrong? <laughs> when you refer I gave, to like, him three votes as to Matt. Matthew Good, the actor, you're differentiating. Yeah, but I think I calculated them together. You sent them separately. So if you calculated them together, then that does contribute to his positivity. Okay. All right. Well, then, good for him. Yeah, number four with positive six, another tie. And I, I, weird, this shows you how bad this episode is. Lord Altrincham, John Grigg, the guy who wrote the piece on Queen Elizabeth, and Martin. So if I'm recalling correctly, I think we kind of just said at the end of the episode, like, well, I guess we're giving three to Ultra Chim because I guess he did what he wanted to do. Yeah, that, and, and the less said about that, the better. So Mar- Martin with six, that's kind of shocking. The guy had to scrap and fight his way to, to that four slot, and I think it's also because I just misunderstood who got the job in the first place. That debate back oh, yeah, to that to episode Adine. of who was getting the job. So he may have just snuck his way in there. That's our doubt and bias again. Yeah, yeah. But he's a character that I feel like every time he was on screen, they had a good moment with him, and it really peaked with him watching Elizabeth on the dance floor in Ghana and just reporting back <laughs> to you know the prime minister what was going on. That was and great. And he's that good, good in humor. the episode with... Uh, Ultrachim, when they use mm-hmm. his office as the sort of secret place to get Queen Elizabeth in for this alleged yeah. meeting. So good for Martin getting in there, even if he didn't get the job. Okay, so up to number three, which uh, so we, this was you know one point jump, mm-hmm. positive seven. 
two-way tie between Eileen Parker and the Queen Mother. I mean, it's Eileen. She she gets she gets Mike done dirty. You know what? What else can you really she say? She gets the kids. She she blows the whistle. And yeah. then, you know, that's that. The Queen Mother gets a castle. Mm-hmm. She's, and that's yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> and, and she's there a lot. She kind of make, moves some pieces on the DL. Yeah. So, I mean, Queen Mama, she shines in the spots that she gets. That's why we wish she had more. Yeah. So, this one is interesting. Number two. So, we go mm-hmm. from positive seven to positive 13. Okay. With Philip. I mean, he had to overcome a lot of adversity, learn, and he did that. But do you do you know how? So, do you want to know how these points break down? Please tell me. So I had Phil at positive thirteen overall. Uh huh. You had Phil at zero. Yeah. <laughs> Philip, it falls flat for you. No, I don't think it falls flat. I think that's a fair assessment of how he's had a lot of down moments counterbalanced with a lot of positive moments. So, yeah, my, my counterbalance for Philip is he has. 23 up and 10 down. So that's how he ends up at 13. Look, man, I, I'm just, you know, speaking to the people here. I'm trying I'm trying to capture all the other things that are in there and not just give points out just because he's the there's Who? a lack of characters showing up every episode, okay? I'm going to give it to Tongan Man. I'm going to give it to Smog if I, if I so You're choose. I'm going to give it to uh, the Nation of Ghana. The Commonwealth if I need to, yeah. Why not Jackie Chan? She was MVP for that one moment. But she she does come back in the last episode too. No, that's not Jackie Chan. That's the ballerina. That's, that's me being Jackie, racist. Yeah. I'm sorry. Come on, man. Yeah. Well, and number one, pretty obvious. It's got to be the queen. It's Queen Elizabeth. It's the whole reason why we're watching the show. <laughs> so Philip is at positive thirteen. Would mm-hmm. you like to guess Queen Elizabeth's end point value? Uh, Twenty-four. Thirty-three. It's more than double. I'm, I mean, do you think they give her enough moments to flex in the show? I think so. I, I mean, I think she she doesn't always. What's so interesting is that she doesn't always get good votes because, for me, she had five. She had twenty eight points going up and ten uh-huh. points going down. Yeah. And what, what did I give her? How many points? I think 15. I had about like. Man, I'm much more fair with a lot of these. <laughs> I'm leaning with with the leads. I have no problem okay. with that. Well, kudos to the queen. She keeps on winning. Yeah. So it goes queen, Phil, and then Margaret just doesn't even... She's in the nether Margaret realm. doesn't she's have enough time, I think. So yeah. let's, let me just go through. I'll give you some of these breakdowns really of these other characters. Margaret ends with positive two from me and negative three from you. Some of these other characters, yep. let's just see, where is Winston Churchill? I feel like he should have, I think he's just about even or negative one. Sounds Churchill right. is, is not, zero. Not enough time with him. Yeah, I had zero on him too. Oh no, he's positive one rather because he has six up and five down for me. So that's, mm, okay. And that's, that's, those are the characters. I mean, so, who else important are, are we, do we feel like doesn't get the, their shine? It really does align with the prime ministers there. We've got four vote, four or five votes there for Eden all together. We got one for Churchill and negative twelve for McMillan. Yes, and uh, uh, Peter. Peter's wait, wait, negative how, two Peter total. Do? So just kind of meh. He has some good episodes, but you know, he 
dates the princess. So you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta give him his kudos where he deserves them. Yeah. Just a little bit. All right. Well, I mean, what more can you really say on that? I think we've we've covered well enough. Do we cover, carry over these rankings to the next two seasons, or do you just restart? We could do both. Okay, sure. We can say, like, okay. a cast breakdown, and then we can say overall. Because, I mean, they are still the same characters. Unless this is, like, Dumbledore, where you change the actor, and all of a sudden he becomes this mm-hmm. totally different man. Yeah, a different portrayal altogether. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the crown, folks. If you want us to do anything else to talk about with them or whatever, just let us know. We'll do it. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I do. I think we we have toyed around with the idea of a crown mix match challenge, and it's just a matter mm-hmm. of th- it's it's not the easiest thing in the world for us to record mobile to you know two people. So there are events coming up in the future that will put Corey and I in the same room. So when those events happen, we might have to bring the podcast set up and get our attorney, Kevin, on the line. Yeah, get some other folks to contribute. Just because, you know, we can't do a mixed match challenge without a third man, just in case we disagree. That's entirely accurate and true. So we're, you know, and we're not throwing these crown folks under the bridge. or un, yeah, We, yep. we want to give them their fair due as far as being able to com- compete against each other. Yep. Well, that's the week. That's the week. And next week, should we should we tease what we're doing next week, Dave? Do we even know what we're doing next week, or should we throw it to the crowd to tell us what to do? Next week, it is it's official. Next week, the date. What's the? It yeah. is Downton Abbey's tenth anniversary. Yeah, I will tell you, we're not watching an episode because <laughs> we have spent. We can promise you, we're not watching. An We've already watched season one, episode one twice. Mm-hmm. We watched the season two finale twice. I mean, what else is there to watch? Watch twice. P. Gordon. I mean. No, we'll save that. that. That's not a 10th anniversary special. I think we're just going to ref- do some casual reflection on Downton Abbey. Our life and everything. Yeah, I mean, really, it, it, September 26, 2010 is when it came out. So uh, everything's aligning to that. Yeah, yeah. So wait, let's take a look at the schedule. Yeah, because next week it will be that Saturday. So that's uh, pretty exciting. Yeah. So yeah, if there's anything you want us to talk about or talk in regards to for Downton Abbey, let us know. Tenth mm-hmm. anniversary. Otherwise, we might just kind of like, uh, I'd say have a drink, but it's during the week and we're in quarantine, kind of sorta. So it's like I'm not really <laughs> weekday drinking. So maybe I'll just have a glass of water and I'll toast that to all the goodness of Downton Abbey. Yeah, we'll figure out something to make it worthwhile for you to tune in. We got something in store for the, for that anniversary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll get uh we'll get we'll get one of the guests. We'll get one of the actors on the show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the only guy on cameo from Downton Abbey is Tom Barrow's like boyfriend from the movie. Spratt's not on there. No, but no, you search Downton Abbey and nothing shows up, aside from the oh, one right. dude who's who's gets Barrow out of jail in the movie. <laughs> well, maybe we get that. I guy. think it's a little too much money for that guy. Really? Okay. Well, we we got. Do we have money? I don't know. So, what else do we need to talk about this week, Dave, before we go? What, are we, what have you been watching? Uh, the Boys is back. I said a few weeks ago how I watched The the Boys on Amazon. I liked it. Season 2 is back, and it's actually better than Season 1. Uh, and I, I, it's a dark, ugly show in a lot of ways, but I am enjoying it a lot. Interesting. <laughs> if you like superheroes doing bad things, 
are they really superheroes? I'd recommend it. Wow. Interesting. I finished the mm-hmm. Umbrella Academy season two the other day. Yeah. Better than season one, but I still think, you know, you talk so highly of the boys. I can't really watch the Umbrella Academy and tell you it's fantastic. It's fine. Okay. If you like that aesthetic, it's a little, you know, more like indie comic-y, you know, Hardy Boys style, like grown up. Like they're these super kids that become adults and it's their problems. So mm-hmm. it's it's fun, but it's it's not the best. All right. And I just jumped back into Ray Donovan for the first time in, I think, two years. <laughs> okay. I think it's just end the podcast. Yeah, so, so long, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Today's watching Don- Ray Donovan again, guys. Yeah, folks, you like, just don't Call my probation hear officer. Him talk about that. Ray is back. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, anyways, uh, yeah, that's it for this week. Yeah. I mean, I think we want to give a quick plug to our former guest of the, or not former, once a guest, always a guest. Uh, our buddy Sean, mm-hmm. who was on our board game episode a couple years ago and really complained about the Downton Abbey board game. Him and his mm-hmm. fiance Carrie, have a podcast called Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie. We want to give them our, our due diligence and say uh, the Lord DeGrant them sent you that way. Podcast about yeah. a true, not true crime always, but spooky things and tis the season. Paranormal. So if you're yeah. a fan of that kind of stuff, check them out. And otherwise, listen to us. You can find us. <laughs> yeah. Instagram, Facebook, Lord Grantham at Gmail, Twitter, T Public, Protees. Protees. Why do I keep saying Protees? <laughs> I don't even know. Pro Wrestling Tees.com slash Lord Grantham. Oh, man. I can't keep up. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's exactly right. Um, but yeah. T Republic. T Public. Lord Grantham, if you want to. It's a pin tweet on our Twitter. T Public. Sure. Either, uh, otherwise, we'll catch you next time on the Lord Grantham podcast. Yeah. Thanks for watching All the Crown. Yeah.